Hey everyone, this is the Packwads podcast. This is Michaela, and we have my dad here with us. Sup? Today we wanted to talk about uh, love languages, and if you guys don't know or aren't familiar with love languages, we'll give like a brief synopsis of um, what we've learned over the years about love languages. For sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, basically, there's five love languages, right? Isn't that what we've learned? Yeah. Yeah. And Based off of the book... Um, the Five Love Languages. Yeah, by... You keep talking, I'll get the name. Okay. Um, and so, the whole concept or premise behind the five love languages is that um, not everybody speaks the same love language. In, in other words, there's some people that you could go buy a gift for... Mm -hmm. Right? Go to the store and buy them flowers and candy or gifts and bring them home. And they look at you like, why did you bring me these flowers? They're just going to die. Mm -hmm. And don't you know I don't like chocolate? Mm -hmm. Whereas others would be like, oh my gosh, that's the most thoughtful thing you ever could have done for me. And start crying because they're so moved by it. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes we find a lot of times where... Um, someone will be like, you never tell, you never, you, I never feel love from you. You never tell mm -hmm. me you love me. You never show me you love me. And the other, the other person's going, well, I took the trash out for you, didn't I? Didn't I fix the garbage disposal? Right. You see all these things that I've done in the yard that doesn't show you that I love you. So the way people will show or receive love is different. Yeah. So we're basing this off of the book, The Five Love Languages. Um, and it's by Gary Chapman. From what I understand, he is a therapist. I don't know if he's still practicing, but at the time that he wrote this book, a lot of his examples in here were couples that had come in um, for therapy. And so he would walk them through um, kind of figuring out what each other's love languages were and then try and explain it in a way that they could better understand from each other's point of view what um, love languages needed to be expressed for the their partner to feel like they were being loved. So um, we're going to use like examples from our own lives and things that we've seen. But um, he points out five love languages specifically, and that is gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, and acts of service. So, and I think we've got all those just in our family. Yes, I think we do. So my wife and I uh, have four beautiful children, three girls and a boy. Um, the birth order is girl, girl, boy, girl. Mm -hmm. And we just couldn't be more proud of them. <laughs> so I'm the oldest. Biasedly. Yeah, the, always biasedly. So I'm the oldest. Um, well, another thing, too, that we found, too, is that um, society at large for a long, long time, and I think we're sort of getting out of that now, but they've tied a lot of these love languages to gender. And we've found that love languages are not gender specific. Mm -hmm. In other words, um, they used to say, you know, that women are, are needy and feeling and, and nurturing and, and, um, you know, that they, they want to be taken care of, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah. And that's not true. There's men that are just like that. Yeah. And we, we found that a lot of times that they would say, well, men 
are uh, they're thinkers, you know, they they they're not really don't have a lot of emotions and they're fixers and they're thinkers and they think things through logically and you know, they don't have time for emotions. Mm-hmm. Not true. Yeah. Well, and those are based off of stereotypes. And stereotypes do tend to come from a basis of like some sort of truth. So like on the whole most men are thinkers. But that doesn't mean that every man you're going to come in contact with is going to be that way, which is, you know, part of the point of this type of book where they are helping to show and demonstrate that you have to look at each person as an individual and as a unique, you know, um, combination of experiences and likes and dislikes, and in this case, love languages. So, yeah, definitely stereotypes play into what we think of. And what's interesting is they even stereotype like ways to give love. So you mentioned, um, you know, chocolate and flowers, which are typical gifts for like Valentine's day. Um, jewelry stores often show men giving women gifts of jewelry for, you know, anniversaries, for birthdays, for different things like that. But maybe not all women like having gifts. Actually, most I think most women that I know don't. They they have a different dominant love language, and that may just be the group of people I hang out with. But um, yeah, I see what you're saying though about like stereotyping. Well, and you bring up something uh, also, Michaela. You bring up dominant. So by what 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 we found and and what Dr. Chapman has said in his book is that. Not everyone is just going to have one love language. Mm-hmm. They may have a dominant language right. and then they have a secondary love language. And also, um, um, you know, depending on the situation that they're in or stresses that they may be experiencing, yeah. one la- love language may be more, um, I don't know what the word is, more prominent. apparent, pro- pro- prominent. Yeah. Yeah, than another. Well, may need. Yeah, like I've noticed. Um, there were times when at college, when I didn't have Mackenzie, my sister, around, um, I didn't have someone who was showing me acts of service on the regular. So it was interesting because I've never had that come up as like a dominant uh, love language for me as my first love language. I've never had that come up before as my first love language, but then in one of my classes in school, when we took the quiz, it came up as my first one. And that's when I realized that sometimes depending on how much love you're receiving in one of the categories, you may feel like you're having like a lack of love in that mm. area. Mm-hmm. So it just so happened that because I was feeling not like I was getting a lot of um, acts of service that I was like feeling lackluster in that area. So as you're feeling it out, it asks you like, what would you prefer? So when it phrases it that way of what would I prefer in the moment, because I'm not feeling like I have Mm -hmm. received a lot of acts of service, I'm going to, of course, pick more acts of service. But, you know, that's... Or if your dominant uh, or prominent uh, love language is fulfilled, your bucket is full. Right. You're not going to want that one as much. Even though that may be your your most dominant. Right. Right. So, I mean, I think personality color quizzes, I think love language quizzes, I think all those kinds of things, um, career tests, those kinds of things, they have merit, but I always feel like it is very subject to how you're feeling at, at the, the time. time. And yes. it could change yes. day to day, hour to hour, month to yeah. month. 
So let's go ahead and talk about our dominant love languages. Mine on the whole is um, physical touch. And then my second one is acts of service for the most part. Um, Gifts, I think, ranks the lowest for me. I think words of affirmation is just um, after my second. So that would mean quality time would be fourth. Yeah. So I guess mine would go physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, and then gifts. Well, and then let's let's define physical touch. Oh, Cause, yeah. Because most people think, oh, you mean sex. No, not necessarily. No, no not at could, all. Physical touch could be a pat, a kiss, mm-hmm. a touch, a hand mm-hmm. on a shoulder, a hug. Mm-hmm. Massages. Um, like couples a lot of times will, you know, one will come up to the other and just like, Wrap their arms around them from behind. Um, Give them a little pat on the butt as they're walking by. Sure. <laughs> like anything oh. that they, but yeah, I mean, it's because um, I had heard a school teacher once say that they found that one of their students responded well to physical touch. So sometimes when she noticed that student was stressed out, she would come over and just like lightly put her arm on his forearm and just kind of her like, hand. yeah, sorry, her hand on his forearm and just kind of like, you know, touch him and be like, hey, it's okay. Like, you know, mm-hmm. things are all right. Um, sometimes wouldn't even have to say anything, but that seemed to like really comfort him and calm him down. And um, so, yeah, physical touch can be very, very simple. As I think probably all of these other love languages also could be very simple. But if you're speaking <laughs> to someone's dominant love language, they're going to like hear it. You know, they're going to, be receiving it well. So when my husband does physical touch, especially if it's intentional, um, you know, I reciprocate very well. So I think if you're just, you know, if the intention is there, it doesn't have to be big grand gestures, but they'll get it. For sure. You want to talk about your, uh, you don't have to disclose that, but. Oh, no, I'm good with that. Um, So first I want to bring it up and then, you know, make a point. Sure. So like, um, mine is words of affirmation and physical touch. And sometimes it switches and it's physical touch and words of affirmation. And the reason, <laughs> the reason that it switches sometimes is because, um, depending on whether I have felt like I have gotten, uh, physical touch, mm-hmm. you know, during the day, during the week or during the month, then the words I love you or whatever can can carry an empty weight. I completely devalue them and don't accept them as genuine. Hmm. When you are getting more physical touch? No, when I'm not. Oh, gotcha. Like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, you love, sure you do. <laughs> you're just saying that. Because the other bucket is yes. empty. When your dominant bucket is empty, sometimes it's harder to feel love mm-hmm. in the other ways. Yeah. Yeah. Or accept it if it's given. Right. We've, you know, I think of it as false or you're just saying that. It yeah. doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, I could see that for myself as well. Sometimes compliments seem to really fall flat. Yes. And like, but other people who I cared about more, who like meant more to me, I always thought it was maybe my relationship with that person, but maybe it was if they hadn't shown me love in other ways and were only trying to compliment me that 
because they hadn't shown me any sort of like physical affection at all, which would speak more to me mm-hmm. than I would be like, I don't know if you mean that. <laughs> right. Right. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I th- the, the biggest mistake that we all make is that we try to show love to others the way that we feel love. Yeah. And that comes from the golden rule. Yeah. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not here to say that that's a good rule or a bad rule, but I am here to say that there are other metals. <laughs> there's bronze, there's silver, there's gold, and there's platinum. So the golden rule may be, you know, do unto others as you would have others to do do unto you. But there, there's a higher, a higher, uh, to me, a law or a higher, right. higher metal. Like for instance, I I did this for fun. Whenever I talk to others about this type of thing, I discuss. Okay, well, there's everyone's heard of the golden rule, but there's others. Have you heard of the bronze rule? And the bronze rule is do unto others then run. <laughs> the silver rule is to do unto others as they deserve to have done unto them. And then, of course, we have the golden rule, do unto others as you would want to have done unto you. And then the platinum rule is do unto others as they would have done unto them. (laughs) So in other words, that's where you take, you're going above the golden rule and you're actually expressing love in the way that someone feels that love. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Chapman was asked several times in his book, well, doesn't that mean that that's fake then? Doesn't that mean that that's disingenuous because I'm showing them love that I don't feel but that they feel? And he goes, absolutely not. That's that's real love right, right. there. Because it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Love is about them. Mm-hmm. But love is about the, the other person. When people are giving true love, they should not expect anything in return because it's freely given. Right. Without expectancy. Yeah, and you, so, you've told us that for... Uh, you know, I remember learning that at like eight and growing up, people always thought that was a weird concept because people would tell me, hey, I love you. And I'd just be like, thanks. Yeah. And but you raised us to know that love was love should be given freely without expectation of returning. Right. You want to be polite. You want to acknowledge that sure. they said something to you, yeah. which, you know, thank you. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you have to say I love you back. Yeah. And someone shouldn't expect that. If someone is saying, I love you, hoping that you're going to say, I love you back, then they should probably see Dr. Chapman. (laughs) (laughs) So what's interesting about the idea of the um, platinum rule is you say, do unto others (laughs) as they would have done unto them, meaning treat them in the way that they would like to be treated. And many times... People are not even self-aware enough to know how they would like to be treated themselves. So you have to be at a state of awareness that is almost beyond what most people have, even of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very heightened, very attuned type of love and care for another person. And not everyone is great at, um, you know, figuring those things out by themselves. And so that's why things like you know, this book, tools that are like this are extremely helpful because they help people not only figure out themselves, but then be able to articulate that to another person to help other people treat them in a way that they can have a stronger relationship than what they would have had before. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
So we would definitely recommend the book. Um, you know, people need to read the book and like, yeah. well, I'm not married yet or, or um, um, I don't have a significant other in my life or a partner. That doesn't matter. First, read the book for yourself so mm-hmm. that you understand yourself. Right. And then, and then that will help you understand maybe your family. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So if you had issues at home or or things you're still trying to deal with um, in your childhood or your teen or even now, right? You know, not just but your adult life. You know, it will help you understand. Okay, well, this is this is where this other person is coming from. So for um, and again, it's not gender specific. No. But let's say that you had a dad. You know, and I apologize. I'm using gender here because <laughs> it could have been a mom. But let's say I've that, heard both. Yeah. I I feel like I know where you're going. I've heard kids that have had trouble feeling love from both parents yeah. mom mom and or dad like well, I was just not say, not gender specific right right i was just going to say for example let's say that you have a dad that you he's constantly in the yard he's always fixing things yeah. he's doing things he's in the yard he's he's you know and you, you know it's hard for him to sit down and watch a movie with you or play a game or he never tells you i love you yeah but to him He's expressing the ultimate love because that's how he feels love. So he's trying to show that yeah. to his family. And just to help put a label on it, um, that would be considered like the father would be showing um, acts of service mm-hmm. in that instance. And if you wished that he would play games with you or he would watch a movie with you, that's going to be quality time. So he's speaking acts of service to a person who would rather be having quality time. And like you said, sometimes this feels like a stretch to try and, sorry, sometimes this feels like a stretch to try and show love in a way that you're not used to expressing it, that you're not used to receiving it. Like it can be hard, but, um, note it just if you're trying it out if you're like you know trying to get better at these kinds of things notice the way that you tend to give love like what's your default um sometimes it is the same as what your dominant love language is i do tend to give a lot of love in um physical touch to my husband but um you know, he doesn't necessarily give the same back, but that's what like I would show. But there are other times where like gifts have been my default love language for people. So notice what people are trying, you know, no, sorry, notice what you're trying to give to other people. Notice what your default love language is. Notice how your, your love languages are received by other people. You don't even have to be awkward and ask and say, Hey, like what way do you feel love? Um, but you should be able to kind of notice just by testing the waters out a little bit. People who love words of affirmation are usually very responsive when you give them compliments. People who love acts of service are going to be very responsive when you give them acts of service, when you do things for them that you didn't have to do. So we couldn't cover everything in this episode of, you know, all of the the deep insights that this book has, but we just wanted to touch on it really quick and just say how much it's meant to us and how impactful it's been in our lives so that maybe we can help spread that to other people and let other people be able to find the richness in their lives that we found in ours. So I'm going to let my dad give a little bit of words before we end this episode, but, um, well, I I just wanted to give a quick, a quick funny story. So, and and Michaela, I, I, have you noticed that it's, that's easier for some people than others? 
Yeah. I, I don't know what why that is. I have no idea. Do you? Why it's easier for some people to show love or yeah, to like, adapt? Well, like for me, I find it very, very easy to show love to the in a way that helps to, to where that person needs to show have that love shown. Right, I whether it's acts of service or mm-hmm. physical touch or whatever. But I find that other people struggle very much struggle in showing love any other way than how they feel. Mm-hmm. So the the funny story for me was. Um, so for my wife, uh, uh, Ramy, she uh, she hers is acts of service and quality time. But what's funny about that <laughs> is that you know whether uh, you know, the, for those of you that have read the Bible, you know that there's passages in there that talk about or scriptures that talk about verses that talk about let your acts be in in secret, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't. You know, you, when when you want to do an act of service or something, do it in secret. Don't do it so that you get all the accolades and the you know and, and don't. In other words, it's the thought behind it. Don't do it because you want to, not because you hope you get praised by it. Yes. So, <laughs> for my wife, however, if I do those types of acts, those services for her, and she does not see that service being done, it's as if I never did it. So if I unload the dishwasher. And she comes and she says that it's unloaded. She's like, oh, it's unloaded. I guess I'll load it. But if she sees me unloading it, then she feels like, oh, my husband loves me. He's unloading the dishwasher. Oh, this this door is broken. I see my husband fixing it. I guess he loves me. Mm -hmm. Because if I fix the door and she's not there, it may take a week to two weeks for her to notice that that door was fixed. Right. Even though the parts were laying all over the floor and she had to step around them or on them to get to yeah. she still doesn't notice for a week to two weeks that those parts aren't on the floor anymore and that she has a functioning door. <laughs> so it's, it's fun. We, we have fun with it. We really do. So for my wife, if I brought home flowers or, or candy or whatever... Yeah, she's that. That's that's not her love language, and it was it was hilarious because not knowing this as a newlywed, um, I got all the books I could get, uh, Cosmopolitan magazine, all that stuff. You know what she wants, how to talk to her, the way she feels, and I tried to do all that stuff, and that is not how she felt love right. at all, and it completely just exploded in my face. <laughs> And I was lucky enough to have these already in my pocket when I started um, dating people and stuff. So I was able to like figure it out pretty quick. But yeah, I have noticed that some people do struggle with it a lot more um, than others. But if you make it fun. Right. Make this a journey. Yes. Make it a journey. Make it fun. You know, realize that you have the rest of your lives uh, to work on this. But, you know, you know, do it just... Trying a little bit better every day. That's all any of us can do. Yeah. But if you make it something fun, you know, that this is going to enhance my relationships, whomever you have those relationships with, mm-hmm. it's, it's just going to be more fulfilling. Yeah. It's, and I, less stressful. Yeah. So definitely take this, like, as something fun to do something 
like insightful, but don't put too much pressure on yourself or on other people that like it has to be this way, like 100% of the time. Like don't give into those perfectionistic type of mentalities. I don't know if anyone else is guilty of thinking that kind of way, but I tend to kind of fall down that path. So um, yeah, if you just think of it as like, this is fun, this is experience, this is learning, this is just, you know, building relationships with other people in a new, unique way. Yeah. I also had a, I also had a thought that like, you guys let me know. You guys do a test on yourselves and you let us know if you feel like this applies to forms of self-love as well. Because I've noticed that some people write themselves compliments like, and they'll put them in a jar and they'll read compliments that they've written to themselves like about themselves. And that's like a way that they give self-love. But other people are like, I'm going to go spend a day at the spa, which is a lot of like physical touch a lot of pampering you could consider that gifts like some people will go buy themselves chocolates like i mean so you guys do it your own experiment see if you're trying to give yourself love for a week like what do you feel the most love from yeah we could from yourself we could do a whole podcast just on that yeah that would be really interesting to test out but i was over here snickering not because of what you were saying but because what you when when you were talking i thought (laughs) of my own situation and many times i have to give compliments to myself because my spouse doesn't know how to give those compliments it's just she just doesn't (laughs) she just doesn't know how so so (laughs) oh it's it's hilarious so i'll i'll be talking to her i'll say oh well thank you honey that was very thoughtful she goes oh thank you honey that was very thoughtful i'm like oh oh my gosh i do the same thing (laughs) i do i'll do the same thing to david sometimes yeah anyway that could be a whole nother podcast oh absolutely so anyway we'll wrap it up here we hope you yeah, I took something from this. Yeah, thank um, you. Thank you all very much. Yeah. Hope you took something from it. Um, go check out the book. It's really, really good. Uh, it's not a boring read at all. Mm. And it's pretty short, so it, you'll you'll be able to get through it. Um, anyway, so we'll go ahead and get off here. Take luck and care. Take luck and care. <laughs>